Shalom Aleichem, Shavu Atov, to all of you, listeners of this great station. Uh, this is Rabbi Elbaz from SLC. I'm going to be talking a little bit about Hanukkah and a few words about the parasha that we read yesterday. Uh, this Tuesday night starts the holiday of Hanukkah, which we call Chag Ha'urim, the holiday of lights. Obviously, because every family has a Hanukkah, and we light the lights there. Now, when we make the Beracha on the candles, we say, make the Beracha on, on the oil, you know. The Hadlik Ner Shel Hanukkah. And then we say, She'asani Sim La'avotenu. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu did Miracles to our ancestors. Uh, we are referring, of course, to the Hadlakat Nerot. We are referring to the Nisim Hadlakat Nerot. And we make the Beracha on the miracle of the oil. Basically, that's why we make the Beracha on the candles, because of the miracle of the oil. The miracle of the oil, as most of you probably know, when the Bnei Israel came into the Beta Mikdash, they found only one oil, one one jug of pure oil, and uh, that was supposed to be lasting for only one day. It lasted for eight days. The same jug of oil lasted was was lit for eight days. That's the miracle of the oil. But there was another miracle, the miracle of the, of war. You know. After all, it was just a group of Hashmonaim. They were Kohanim, peaceful people, dedicated to the service of Hashem. No experience at war whatsoever. Yet, they fought brilliantly against the powerful Greek Empire and managed to chase them out and regain independence. This took many, many years of combat and fighting. Thousands of lives were lost before finally the Bnei were able to throw away the rule of the Greeks. By comparison, the miracle of the oil took only eight days and no battle, no war, no deaths. Yet, we make the Beracha on the miracle of the oil. How come? Why is this miracle considered more appropriate for a beracha? I have two answers. One is more like to the halachic side, the other one to the moral side. You know, the Gemara in Berachot, Dafnun Dalet, it says like this If a person passes, by certain places where Hashem did miracles to our ancestors, okay, he should recite the following blessing. Baruch she'asa nisim la'abotenu b'makom hazeh. Blessed the Kadosh Baruch that performed miracle to our ancestors in this place. Okay. So the Gemara gives examples of places. For example, the Red Sea. If you happen to be 
by the spot in the Red Sea where Avotenu crossed in dry land, that was a miracle. A tremendous miracle. There was like a wind that came in and it separated the waters. Tremendous miracle. If you pass by that, you're supposed to say, Eberacha. A similar uh, uh, miracle happened also during Yeshua when they were crossing the Jordan River. And the Gemara also gives a few more examples. One of them was Humat Yericho. When the Bnei Israel came into Eskenan at the time and they wanted to conquer Yericho, there was a strong wall surrounding it. Uh, well, it wasn't going to be easy to breach that wall. So what happened? HaKadosh Baruch Hu made a miracle. He told him, you know what? For six days, each day you go around it. You surround, go around it. For the seventh day, you go around seven times and with the Shofarot and the Kohanim and then so on and so forth. And, and lo and behold, the wall is going to fall down. And that's what happened. The wall collapsed. That's a miracle. If you happen to be passing by there, then you're supposed to, you're supposed to make that beracha. According to the Gemara, that's what happened. Now, you look at the, or the Gemara gives other examples, but look at these three examples. All the other examples too. Uh, one common denominator of all these is that the miracle that happened was something unnatural, something that a human being, you, me, or any other human cannot duplicate. No one can just blow on the Red Sea and separate it and go and dry land. No one can go around a certain uh, wall and 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 uh, go seven times or or ten times or a hundred times, uh, and it's gonna fall down. Not gonna happen. This is something which cannot be done by the human being. Only a Kadoshwarhu can do that. That requires a beracha. Now this is the, the difference between the miracle of the oil and the miracle of the war. The miracle of the oil cannot possibly be duplicated. No one can take a jug of olive oil that lasts for one day and make it last for eight days. That is against nature, but Hashem did it that way. That's a miracle. So you make a baracha. Just like the others in the, listed in the Gemara, you make a baracha. Now, what happened with the war? Was that a miracle? It was a miracle. In a sense, yeah. But there could be a chance in a million uh, that the Bnei Israel would win. Maybe a chance in a million. HaKadosh Baruch Hu took that chance. He made him win. But being there is one chance a million, then it's not unnatural anymore. It has happened before. Alexander the Great, from the small area of Macedonia, was able somehow, uh, with, with his army, uh, a small army, was able to destroy the, in, the entire Persian Empire that was there before him. But how come? Well, there's a chance in a million. Okay, he did it. Look at yourself, a Sadiq. What is the chance of a slave, a Hebrew, 
from a foreign country to become the viceroy of Egypt. What chance is that? Very low. Of course, very low. But it could happen. Look, you buy a lottery, there's a chance in 10 million to win the, uh, the, the lottery there. But there are people who win. So, is that a miracle? It happens. It could happen. But the miracle of the oil cannot happen. You know something? When I look at Trump, I say to myself, that's also somewhat of a miracle. He's a man, no experience in government, no experience in the military, uh, no experience in being a leader of a country or or or, or even a town, or a mayor or a governor. Nothing. Whatever is this man? He dealt with real estate. That's all he knows. And he was running, first competing against 16 candidates. Well, most of them had real experience in government. <laughs> and after that, he ran against Hillary, who had a lot of experience. All the polls were saying she's going to win. And he won. So if there's a chance in a million, fine, it's a miracle, but it's not an unnatural miracle. Same thing with the war. That's why we are making the beracha on the oil. And by the way, speaking about uh, uh, President Trump, I, I really, I personally applaud him by finally taking the initiative and implementing the law which passed Congress over 20 years ago. There were three presidents before him that promised, I repeat, they promised to have Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Later on, never delivered on it. He did. That requires a lot of courage. And he is. He's a courageous man. Another thing, another reason why we making the beracha on the uh, oil, this is more like a, um, a moral kind of thing. Listen carefully. The miracle of the oil is symbolized by light. If we were to make a beracha on the miracle of the war, that would be symbolized by what? A sword, I guess. People fight wars with swords. Maybe a bow and arrow. But mostly the sword. Maybe nowadays fighter jets. Maybe missiles. I don't know. But you see, light represents life. Happiness. Peaceful existence. Sword represents death and darkness. We, the Jewish people, we don't fight with swords and bombers. We use them to defend ourselves. We are attacked, we'll defend ourselves. We fight our enemies by showing them who we are. We are the people of the Torah. The people who have values that the Torah teaches us. And that's light, enlightenment. You know, in Parashat Balak, when Balak wanted to fight the Bnei Israel, and he wanted, 
he took advice from Zikne Midian. They told him, you know, these people, you don't fight with a sword. These people are fighting with their mouth. Kohan Bape, they pray to Akadosh Baruch Hu. They show the world who they are by believing, believing in Akadosh Baruch Hu. And that's why he went to Bilam. Bilam was fighting with his mouth by cursing. It didn't work out anyway. But this is the thing. You know, a couple of years ago, it was Hanukkah time, and I happened to be invited by a person who was a Holocaust survivor. And after the lit Hanukkah, of course, they uh, they were dancing, and, 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 and they were so happy, and so on and so forth, you know, and really showed the happiness of Hanukkah. Then I, on the side of Tukim, I said, let me ask you a question. I said, I mean, uh, look, you're a man who's a Holocaust survivor. You had a whole family, wife and children. They all perished. You came here, you rebuilt your life. Many people happen to be that way, including the Blojavir Rebbe, uh, Rebbe. And, you know, how do you find the, the Koah, like the spirit, to be able to, to be so happy after they destroyed all, all your family. So he says something interesting, which I think is very appropriate to this chat that I'm saying now. He said, we're going to fight Hitler by being happy, by showing we have children, we have a family. Showing to the world that we are peaceful people. That's how we fight. Hitler and Maximo destroyed thousands of our synagogues. We're going to build more and more synagogues. Hitler and Maximo Harasha. He took our children and put them in the gas chambers. We're going to build more and more yeshivot for our children. We're going to show the world. See, the, the Hitler treated the Jews with just disdain. They were like dogs. We're going to do the opposite. We're going to treat everyone with respect and dignity. And that's what's happening about Hashem in Israel. It's a democracy. Everyone is equal. No difference. So this is the idea. Candles are lights. Swords are death. We want to show the nations of the world who hate us anyway that we are good people, a peaceful and merciful nation. We are thriving. We're happy and successful because of our Torah and our values. Candles are light, and that's what we are. That's why we celebrate with lights and not with swords. Speaking of our values, let me bring up uh, the incident that we saw in the parasha yesterday about Yosef Sadiq. Yosef was put in a tremendous nisayon for a young man. But because he was a Sadiq, he was able to refute the advances of his master's wife for quite a while. Until finally, his uh, Potiphar's wife, she framed him 
and he was thrown in a pit, in a dungeon, where there's hardly any outside communication whatsoever. But because of his wisdom, because of his brilliance, by the way, he was able to become the manager already of the place. Then, after a while, the uh, there were two officers from the king that were thrown in jail. One, let's call him a bartender. The other one, let's call him a baker. Each one had a dream. And he told them, hey, give me a dream. I'll be able to tell you what it means. And first, the, you know, the Sarah Mashkim came up and, and he told him, he said, listen, I saw a vine in front of me. From the vine, there were three thin branches and they, they, they ripened and there were grapes and I took the grapes and I squeezed them. I gave the... Uh, the, the cup to Parao, the king, and he took it. Right, fine. So Yosef Asadi told him, and I you know it was a, a good dream. He said in three days he's gonna be released. But then he said like this Why is he Emphasizing the fact, like before. What's the difference? He's going to be giving the uh, uh, the kosparol, you know, to, to you know, to his uh, master, to his king. And then he says, "Ki imzichartani itecha." Ki, what the word "ki" here really has no uh, has no place, apparently. So that if what so that no, what is ki that? That doesn't seem to fit, right? But actually, it does fit properly. Why? Because here's the here's the point. Akadush Baruch always does things the proper way and at their proper time. And here, the the. Uh, the, the Sarah Mashkim now, with the bartender, had a big problem. Because once he told him he's going to go back, why was he put in jail in the first place? Because a fly came in into the cup. So how does he know that a fly is not going to happen again? And he'll be back in jail again. So, you know, he, he, was, uh, he was very disturbed, very distraught. What should he do? So Yosef Sadiq said to him, No, don't worry about that. You're going to be there, Kamishpat Harishon. You were there for many, many years. Was there any fly before that? No, only this time. You know why this time? Not because you were negligent, not because you were bad, because of me. Ki imzichatani. So that you will remember me. That's the key in Zechatani. It's for me that this happened. It is time. For me, in about whatever, in this case particularly, it was two years because uh, Yosef Sadiq 
for some odd reason, you know, he asked him to remember him. And that's a, a tiny lack of bitahon. As we shall know, we can't say Yosef al-Sadiq had a tiny lack of bitahon, but you see, in his level, in his level, it's a problem. A person, according to Rabbi Bihaye, a person has to have bitahon in Akadosh Baruch but he has to do ishtadlut. He has to try the best that he can do, every effort that he can do in order to solve his problem. And the rest he leaves to Hashem. Hey, Yaakov Avinu, he himself, he did Ishtadlut. He, uh, he prayed to Hashem, he sent a gift, and he prepared for war. Well, I mean, what, how can he fight 400 warriors? He's a Sadiq, but he did what he can do, and Hashem did the rest. We have to do the same thing. We must try to do the best we can. And HaKadosh Baruch will do the rest. In Eretz Israel nowadays, they do the best they can. They have an army, they have a navy, they have an air force. You have to. We have to be strong. Oh, we're surrounded with enemies that have more resources, more armament, more people, more money, more that. That will leave to Hashem. We can't help that. We have to do our Ishtadlut. But the Bitahon has to be a full Bitahon in the Kaddish For us, perhaps, what Yosef al-Sadiq did for a plain person like us, it may not be a lack of Bitahon. After all, we always have to try to, if we, we have a problem, we go to a lawyer, we have a, some kind of say, we go to a doctor, uh, but in the ma'ala, the madriga of Yosef al-Sadiq, he, sh- he, he should not have told him. Because anyway, it would have happened. The thing is, so th- this is what we learned from Yosef al-Sadiq. We learned that we should have bitahon. So as I mentioned, we are supposed to be a light unto the nations. And at the same time, we learn a great prerequisite from the lesson from Yosef at Sadiq that we always must have great emuna and bitahon in Akadosh Baruch And the Hashmunaim had great bitahon in Hashem. But they did the Ishtadlut also. They did the best they could. And Akadosh Baruch Hu helped them. Here are some that we should follow that same path. Always do the best we can and Hashem will bless us and will give us whatever we require. I want to remind you again of this great station. Please make an effort to help whenever you can. And if you have any simha, get in touch with SLC. We have a beautifully renovated hall, which I'm sure will will uh, will be will find you'll find very satisfying, and we can accommodate you. Shavuot Tov, Chanukah Sameach.